Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Get up, get up, get up. This is Get Up Show. Well, this is exciting. Welcome, everyone, to episode 14. 14. Of yes. the Simon Says podcast, we're back. We're back. We're here. We're queer. Get used to it. I was looking at the list <laughs> when we were first threatening to do a podcast, and I yeah. had the list of names before we ever got approved for a name. This this name that we're going with, by the way, was never approved. We weren't we weren't supposed to do it. Yeah, because someone didn't someone didn't follow through on something, and next thing I know, we got it, even though we weren't supposed to have it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because as we've told you before, there are other Simon Says podcasts out there in the world, including the one that Scott Simon from NPR does. So here's the list of would-be podcast names. It could have been Simon Says Podcast, Filling In for Tater Salad Joe, <laughs> Lonnie Don't Mind. I still mm-hmm. like that one, but no one understands that. <laughs> well, no one understands half of our inside crap. You but know, I feel like they're only listening to us now because they listen to us on the radio, so they do get the inside jokes. I don't know. I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> one one time we did a survey online, and one of the comments, it may have shown up more than once, I don't know. One of the comments was, too many inside jokes. <laughs> and what, what I took away from that was, hey, they think we tell jokes. Well, there you go. <laughs> okay, so Lonnie Don't Mind, which is based on, um, for people who don't know, because nobody does other than the three of us, Right. it's based on a guy who used to work at a previous employee's pizza place, and he was um, he was a questionable guy right. who, <laughs> who was mm, accused of stealing things. Mm-hmm. And and doing some breaking and entering, and so we figured Lonnie didn't mind coming in your window and taking what he wanted from your home, or Lonnie didn't mind eating the sausage off your pizza while he was delivering it to your house. Lonnie didn't mind to just bother you take one of your pieces. You didn't need all of them. Yeah, Lonnie don't mind sleeping in his car in your driveway. So that's where it started. But then we have a friend of the show named Lonnie, who's a veteran, who's a great guy, who comes to yes. our High Point picnics. He adopted it because he used to call the show a lot, and we would work him into the bit of Lonnie don't mind. So now Lonnie even had a T-shirt made up that says Lonnie don't mind. He did. He took one of our Simon shirts and used the got the same font even printed on the back, and it says, Lonnie, don't mind. Great big on the back. I love it. Isn't that great? We love Lonnie. Okay, so that was one. 
Gibbity Goo was another possible podcast name. Right. Another inside a, joke. Another yeah, inside a, joke. A catchphrase that didn't really take off. <laughs> well, that's, We're still trying, though. That's because, well, it wasn't even anybody who's still on the show. It was right. Skip's, it was Skip's um, catchphrase, and he half-heartedly embraced it. I think had he gone all the way with it, it could have been something. Um, sounds like Slodcast. Right. That was a possible. Bet You Won't Say It podcast, mm-hmm. which is a takeoff on our request show on Fridays, Bet You Won't Play It Friday. Some other possible podcast names were Million Dollar Fudge. <laughs> yeah, but then we'd never be able to finish anything because we'd start to say it and we'd have to cut it off. Yeah, that's based on the famous secret recipe for Million Dollar Fudge, which is obviously... Wait, hold on. We just started. We, we've got a lot more yeah. to go. Secret. Do better, try harder. <laughs> famous is- words that are written on a note. <laughs> In front of us. That's what Sean tells us every day. <laughs> I figure if I say it every day, one day it might stick. Mm. Yeah. Keep trying. Tater Salad Joe and Friends. And that's assuming that he came back. <laughs> Brains, Beauty, and the Beard was one that Maddie threw out there and Charlie hated. Yeah. I still it's like so that dorky. one. Oh. So, no. Well, I mean, you're you're giving Sean a lot of credit by calling him the brains, unless he's the beauty. Is he the beauty and I'm the brains? Yeah, you're the brains. <laughs> all we know is that you're the beard. Yeah, the yeah, rest is right. up. The rest is all up for debate. Yep. And then the last one on the list was Catfish and Weenie, which would have been great. <laughs> that's our fake <laughs> that's our other show. See, I think we need to save that in case things blow up. We have to go off somewhere. We, hi, everybody. It's Catfish and Weedy here with you. Woo-hoo. When we go into the FBI um, secret, uh, what is it called? Witness, witness. Protection Program. Yes, that. <laughs> the Witness Protection Program. Yeah, a lot of witness, knew witnesses end up on the radio, too. That's right? <laughs> you could. You could. I mean, with, with our ratings, we could be in witness protection. Am I right? No, we're not. <laughs> 8.42. <laughs> I, you know, Bang I on. knew a kid. I knew a kid whose family was in witness protection when I was a kid in Henderson. Are you serious? And yeah, yeah. It was so neat. His dad got relocated to Henderson from, I don't know how much to say. Because they were relocated there because his dad got busted bootlegging cigarettes. And when you say that, you first think, oh, well, you know, he must have stolen a few cartons of cigarettes. No, I think it was probably more along the lines of trucks full of cigarettes. And so they got relocated to Henderson and had new identities. And the kid is now a lawyer. And I think he might even be a judge. Isn't the first rule of witness protection is that you don't talk about witness protection? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we'll tell Henry the Bull Gravano and tell the late Henry Hill that because they were famous in witness protection. You know, both of those guys blew it up and, and went they're out not and around books. anymore, are they? Which I was think the Sammy one? the Bull is. Sammy the Bull's still alive, I think. Was it Sammy the Bull that was selling ecstasy or something in Arizona? Yeah. Like he got time. busted again? Yeah, he did. Well, Henry was, was doing a lot of stuff too. Well, then he and, got, Henry got big because of. Goodfellas and everything, yeah. right? Yeah, and then he died. But I think the bull... Hold on. Is Sammy the Bull Gravano still alive? I think he is. Last I heard... Oh, shoot. She's still listening. Stop listening and answer me! Siri's the worst. 
Oh, and then she hung up on me. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Is Sammy the there Bull Don't yell at her. Still alive. Sammy Gravano was born 12th of yeah. March, he... 1945, and is 75 years old. So he's still alive. Wow. And he's he's famous. He's done he's done interviews and TV shows, and his daughter has done the same. So yeah. I was yeah. I think they know where they where he is now. <laughs> There's no more witness protection going on. Well, I don't right. know if the mob is the same as it was. You know, they are one of the organizations that's making the most of the coronavirus because with the streets being empty, they are really, really wrapping it up with their crime escapades in Italy and here, especially in Italy, though. Yeah. They're just doing, doing as they please, yeah. So we were talking the other day about Rolling Stones versus the Beatles and how Paul McCartney said in an interview that the Beatles were a better band. He was put on the spot and asked who's a better band, Beatles or Stones, because it really is one of the great debates of all time when it comes to music. Which are sure. you, Beatles or Stones person? And I, I think I'm both. I'm, I lean towards Stones more often, you know, for a longer time, but I also love the Beatles. But if you absolutely have to choose... You're going Stones? I don't know, because then if I had to choose and say goodbye to the other, I wouldn't be able to say goodbye to songs like Blackbird, you know, and Norwegian Wood and A Day in the Life and Michelle. There's there's beautiful in something. There's beautiful, incredible Beatles songs that I don't think I could say goodbye to. And then on the other hand, Rolling Stones put out rock songs that I couldn't imagine life without, like Give Me Shelter and Dandelion and I'm Free and Sympathy for the Devil. Honky Tonk Under Women. My thumb. Yeah, yeah, the list goes on and on. So I, I think I'd, I'd, I can't choose. I wouldn't be able to say. If I had to sit down and spend an entire day, because see, I mean, both of those were big before I was really into music, so they're not my era. But if I had to sit down and spend an entire day listening to one of those bands, I'd go Stones. See, I don't think I could, with both of them, I split. So like, I like older Beatles, and I like, oh no, yeah, like older when they're older. I'm sorry. So like, You not like their, newer Beatles. You newer like the, Beatles, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I like the older, like the Stones first stuff. Like their older stuff, I don't like any of the '80s and '90s and whatever. I, I just how dare you? That's just not my like jam. T- you don't like Undercover the Night. You don't like Tattoo You. You don't like no. Start Me Up. Stuff? No, I mean Start Me Up maybe, but I, I'm I prefer um, like that. I have Let It Bleed on vinyl is one I actually sought out because I love that album. Hmm. Or um, Some Girls I have. That's another one I really like. And the same with the Beatles is I'm not a fan of like the Can't Buy Me Love, their real poppy yeah. stuff when the, the Beatles invasion, but I love their late 60s, 70s stuff. Like that stuff, mm-hmm. Don't Let Me Down is one of my favorite songs. I love that song. Well, one of our listeners called in on the Simon line last time we were talking about this stuff. By the way, if you're out there in the world and you're not local, you can leave messages on the Simon line anytime. The number is 336-373-0987. If you ever feel the need to call up, drop a message on us, you can do that anytime. 336-373-0987. Somebody heard you say that you like the later Beatles, later in their career, and he said, let's just say what it is. You like the druggy Beatles. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I like when the Beatles discovered, uh, what is it, Western culture and drugs? Yes. 100%. E- Eastern culture. 
Sure. It is. <laughs> but yeah. to say to say that the Stones later stuff is useless is just crazy though, man, because you look at the the difference. You can't find music from the Beatles other than Free as a Bird, which was put together by Jeff Lynne in the 90s. There's nothing after what 1970 there's nothing, but the Stones are still making music. Last week, well, we got a brand new Rolling Stones song called Living in a Ghost Town, which is viable right now today. It's a good rock song. Well, okay, I but will also, say, yeah. in the Beatles' defense, there's only, like, what, one, two of them alive? Two of them well, alive two. now. <laughs> so, if you, if you don't count, all the Stones are still here. Well, except for Brian. Oh. <laughs> Brian. He was an original stone. Oh, yeah. Brian, of course. But you the really point. You really don't know about Brian Jones? Oh, yeah. I mean, sort of. Again, not being a huge Stones fan, I'm, <laughs> I don't remember the earlier members. I, I think that maybe it would be different. And you can't really compare because, you know, to say, yeah, the Stones are still kicking it in their 80s, which is awesome. And I, I agree. I think that new song they put out is fantastic. Yeah. But that said, you know, you can never tell. Who knows what the Beatles would still be doing? That's like saying, what would Jimi Hendrix be doing if he was still alive? That's yeah, true. but but you what can would... say that. No, you can say that because the Beatles quit. They they quit and they never did the things that the Stones did when they were still alive to do so. Yeah, it, it, if... that's that's what Mick Jagger said when he was asked that. He was interviewed and somebody said, "You heard that." Paul McCartney said the Beatles were a better band. At first, he said, that's so funny. He's a sweetheart. There's obviously no competition. Then he said, the Rolling Stones is a big concert band in other decades and other areas when the Beatles never even did an arena tour, Madison Square Garden with a decent sound system. They broke up before that business started, the touring business for real. We started doing stadium gigs in the 70s and are still doing them now. That's the real big difference between these two bands. One band is unbelievably lucky still playing in stadiums and the other band doesn't exist. And it's true. Would it like if, if John Lennon were still alive to this day, do you think him and McCartney would get back together? Would the Beatles get back together? You know, that's an interesting point about the idea that the Stones was doing, they were doing stadium shows and they were doing arenas and that kind of thing. And the Beatles had, you know, their their Beatle Invasion big shows, but were they doing those as much? See, I don't, I'm not as familiar, but I mean, no. On drugs, no. were they doing those? No, no, they didn't. No, they they never did do a major tour like that. Maybe that's a fact of like mainstream versus art house kind of thing. You know, there's that the the band for all the 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 the, the critics kind of thing versus the band for the people. Does that Maybe. make sense? You know, like there's always something where like everybody has to say like, oh, they're the greatest person of all time. But that's like the critics versus like everybody. The general consensus is, is like, all right, well, the Stones, everybody loved the Stones and everybody went to see the Stones and they Stones played for them. That kind of thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that either, though, because if you walk down the street and holler at people from across the road because you can't get close to them and say <laughs> who's better Stones or Beatles, your average person, you know, half and half, people are going to love the Beatles because yeah. everybody knows the Beatles songs. Everybody knows Love Me Do or Help or, 
come together, you know? Yeah, I don't think that, um, you know, even though that is a huge difference between the two bands is about how, you know, the Stones have played these great big concerts and continue to do it all these years and stuff. That is a huge difference between the two. I don't think just music wise that I, I think they're on the same level. You just like one better than the other, maybe. You know, yeah. what's crazy to me is to think, you know, we can be sitting here having this discussion about these bands. And of course, one of them still playing and the other one. But I mean, when did they both start? Early 60s? Yes. Mm-hmm. OK, so here we are now. More than 50 years later. Many years later. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is there going to be? We always talk about like, what are they going to be the debate? The bands that are debated you know, when we talk about 50 years from now, are there oh, gonna Creed be- Creed versus Nickelback? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> nah, man. All new music. Every bit of new music is crap. You could put every new band on one of their dang rock boat cruises and run it off the end of the flat earth. Right off the end, man. None well, of it matters. The music business is all different. They don't give bands a chance to develop their sound and get a few albums out there before they hit big. Even Bon Jovi didn't hit big till their third album. That doesn't happen today. That's right. It's like when we were talking about the Stones before we got on the podcast, I was saying, you know, they went through periods where they had weird albums that never went anywhere that didn't have singles on them. That would never happen today because there are no no experimental albums. You do Mm -hmm. one, you squash out as many singles as you can. And if you don't, you don't get another album. You're gone. Boom. I just can't wait to see what, you know, I, we can say that and that's us living in the now, but then I, I just absolutely can't wait to hear like what, what's my kid and her friends going to argue about later on in 50 years. Like, what are they, do you remember when, you know, God, I don't even know any pop stars. They're right probably now. still going to be saying Stones versus Beatles. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> because you look at that kids right now are discovering the Beatles like yeah. crazy. I love it when they use a Beatles song or the who the who is so big in commercials right now. And on the mask singer, they use who are you on the mask singer every week. Yeah. And kids are discovering that if I play the who around my little girl's friends, they know who are you from hearing it on TV or won't get fooled again from one of the CSIs or, you know, those kinds of things. I, and they're all discovering that stuff. And they they flock to those things because the quality of music is there. And everybody knows Peter Frampton and the Eagles. It keeps happening generation. Yeah. Generation after generation. It's the same music. But anyway, you know, we were talking not too long ago about that whipped coffee, that uh, Korean whipped coffee, the Galdona. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I still haven't tried it. Me neither. You, you guys are so lazy. Well, no, I keep forgetting to buy instant coffee when I make my monthly food run. <laughs> yeah, you got to use instant. And if you can, get the little um, little sticks, the little packs of instant coffee where it's just enough for yes. a cup because those are perfectly measured out. You need like two of those and a couple spoonsfuls of sugar and a couple spoonsfuls of hot water. And then you just whip it, whip it good. And then you whip it more and it ends up blowing up like a marshmallow. You know, you, you end up with this this um, almost like cool whip and it's super strong and sweet. It's like bitter. and so argh, I love it. <laughs> I absolutely it. love it. But there's a new version of that that isn't coffee that's sweeping the Internet right now. And you make it with the same formula, spoonful of um, strawberry quick instead of oh. instant coffee 
and they're whipping it up into a strawberry foam instead of a bitter coffee foam. I don't know how to feel about that because I don't know about y'all, but when I was a kid, when you went over to a friend's house and they said they had quick, this is how you found out who was who. If they had strawberry instead of chocolate, mm. loser. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't think we ever had it in our house. Like Oh yeah, well, you didn't have cereal and Twinkies either, so right <laughs> <laughs> weird kid. No, but I did have quick. So in your face, I had lots of chocolate milk, thank you very much, but I never had the strawberry for sure. We no. didn't either. We always had chocolate and I I did used to eat chocolate quick by the spoonfuls. Yes. Oh, God, just dry. Yeah. So uh, when you get those like I would the try bubble, this. Yeah. Oh. I I would try this with the chocolate quick, just not the strawberry. Oh, hell yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Did you ever get that spoonful of quick in your mouth and then you actually breathed some and yeah. then you had to cough and you coughed Or somebody made you laugh right when yeah. you put it in your mouth. <laughs> well, did y'all ever do Ovaltine? It, no. no. Ovaltine's not bad. It's like a, uh, it's Mm-mm. chocolate it's, malt almost. Yeah, it's malty. I didn't like it because it's malty. I thought that was like a health thing or like, didn't they have like vitamins or some crap in it? Yeah. Sure. That's what they said. <laughs> that was back in the 70s when they could say what whatever they wanted. What other powder things that are... Do you think you could whip Tang? I mean, could you whip any powder oh, drink? That's a great yeah. idea. Whip Tang. Ooh, whip Kool-Aid. Whip Gatorade. I've got some Gatorade powder in the cabinet over there that's been begging to be whipped. Although I wouldn't add any sugar to that. Yeah. Nah. We have those... What about those things you add to water to make flavored water? Mm, see, I don't know about the density of those things. I think it yeah. has to be fairly light because, you know, instant coffee is real light and a quick powder is real light. I don't know. I think that's more like a crystal type of thing, that that, that water flavoring stuff. But these are all great questions. <laughs> Try them all. Get back to us. But, yeah, I'm uh, I'm concerned about farmers because I hate to hear it. And they're starting to do something about it. I hate to hear about farmers who are having to plow their crops under because they got nowhere to take their food or like you hear about these processing plants that are closing down. Yeah, those down are awful. And they're having to like kill chickens right out there on the line because there's nobody there to process the chickens. So then what mm-hmm. happens? But the good news is they're starting to team up with food banks. So it's direct farm to food bank in some places. And I think that is brilliant. I think yeah, it's I do too. It's just ridiculous that it took. A, why was that not something that happened sooner? Because uh, you know what, you're so right. It does seem like A should automatically go to B, but it doesn't because that's not where the profits are. It's you got to. It's re- just. It's so frustrating because it then turns into the whole finger pointing thing, and again, that goes into politics. But it was like it was just on the news. It's like. The farmers are saying they've been reaching out, like both sides are saying they were reaching out to the agriculture department and yeah. that no one was getting back to them and putting right. it off, putting it off. And then, and so then the next thing you see is, yeah, plowing under crops and, you know, stuff goes bad. Stuff sure. goes bad. And they're like spraying ga- like trucks of milk into a field because there's nothing to do with it. And it's like, well, then they show this, the line of the, the food, you know, bank lines. And it's like, but come when on. this is your, when this is your way of making money, the first thing you think is, Oh, I'm not making money. How am I going to yeah. make more money? You don't, I mean, unfortunately, your mind just doesn't go there. But also, I'm going to say that food banks 
normally deal in non-perishable items. So they are not totally equipped to handle That's a lot true. of fresh food. That's true, too. And I'll tell you, there's there's all kinds of regulations on that stuff. There's a restaurant here in town. It's a restaurant chain. I'm not going to say the name of. But we used to do a lot of business with them. And they throw away at the end of the day an incredible amount of food that's still good. And so many years ago, we tried to team with them and a local food bank and say, look, at the end of the day, we can help facilitate this and get that food that you're throwing away to the people who are hungry. Please let us do that. And their response was, oh, no, that has to go in the trash. Yeah, because that's what the FDA or whatever the health department makes them do. Well, eventually, now they don't do that. Now they do donate it. But it was years, I mean, a decade in the making from Mm -hmm. them telling me we have to throw that in the trash to now it's a great idea to give it to people who are hungry. It's just ridiculous to think about. But, you know, everything moves slowly. The good good things end up happening. That's the good news. And here's the, the other good news is we found out this week that Dolly Parton gave the world Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> she was personally responsible, from what I understand. That yeah. she, she, she sat down. She's like, y'all, I saw this movie. We should make this into a TV show. Woo-hoo! Bang, bang, bang. Because she her. sounds exactly like that when she talks. When yeah. I was a little girl. <laughs> Me and Loretta Lynn were sitting around on the front porch, and I said, Loretta, you know what don't scare me is a pretty vampire. <laughs> you know, I almost called that song. It wasn't originally Jolene. It was Buffy. Buffy, Buffy, say those vampires, Buffy. That was her. Ooh, dang, that was so bad. Doggone it, Loretta. bad. <laughs> so the story behind it is that Dolly Parton actually has a lot of production companies that do television shows and stuff and they had a stake in the cw and the cw was where buffy the vampire slayer aired so technically her production company put out buffy the vampire slayer which is awesome because that's one of my favorite shows ever i agree that's one i did watch beginning to end it was called sand dollar entertainment which was co-founded by dolly and sandy gallon that's where they got Sand Dollar. Okay. And she got a producer credit on that. But if if you know anything about show business, sometimes you get a producer credit just from knowing somebody. Like, what's yeah. the one? Brad Pitt has a producer credit on something that we know. It's He's what. the executive producer on the that Lego, the Lego Masters oh, show, right. which I oh, yeah. watched with the kids and was great. But it's like you said, I wonder how much... He actually had in like in stake in it, you know. How no, involved was he at all? Probably, you know. Sometimes you just happen to be in the room, and you say that sounds like a great idea. That sounds like a show. Or you say, "Oh, you guys need eight hundred thousand dollars for all the lighting, or you need blank for this aspect of the show." Okay, I'll pay for that if you give me a producer credit because then you get back in money for the the run of the show. So they may have nothing creative creatively to do with it at all to get a producer credit. Side note, I've never wanted to play with Legos more than after I watched that show. I really got into it. That was Seriously? a cool show. Yeah, uh, man. I had no desire to watch that thing. Me neither. Oh, it was awesome. You 
would not believe the stuff that these people were building and from scratch not like they didn't have diagrams or the little you know instructions out they're just free building stuff and it was amazing what's the batman voice guy who was hosting will arnett it? he's the yes. best he's awesome he got he got fat i was like whoa what, what happened here no, yeah he didn't he did uh, I love him. He was great in it, it but it, it was an interesting show. So and the people were really kind of over the top, but the stuff that they built was unbelievable. Yeah, I like don't what? have that kind of time. <laughs> like what? What did they build like, that you found so unbelievable? Like the like giant space alien builds. They did one where they actually had to build a bridge to see how much they could it could hold. And so, I mean, you would think, oh, you just click some bricks together, but they actually had two of them that held over a thousand pounds each. Um, just like take, uh, half of something and then build something fantastic off the side of it, like different, uh, and scenes. And, you know, it was just, it's a real neat concept. I I like, I don't know, man. Do you have Legos at the house that you play with? Uh, (laughs) I have access to Legos, but no, I don't actively play with them at the moment. (laughs) Well, maybe you should start. You could be on a TV show. Yeah. I would start fiddling. Or you could pretend you're on a TV show. You sound pretty excited about it. I know. But how many how many thousands of Legos do you need to build a bridge that'll hold a thousand pounds? Oh my God! Well, that the set alone is just bin after bin after bin of every brick imaginable. God, I'd be so, so bored. I'd be so bored, See, man. Did they provide the Legos, or did they have to bring their own? No. <laughs> oh, I got to go out to the car. I got to go to the car and get some more. <laughs> I think I, I dropped a two by down in the uh, in my cup what holder. Is, wait a minute, was that a uh, Lego term? I don't know what a two by is. What's that mean? It's, yeah, I mean it's a two wide, and it could be you know two by one or a two by two. You know the square. Is that I, how many dots it has? <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> See, I know my Legos. Not wow, you, you guys are Lego nerds. <laughs> So have you guys noticed, I don't know if this is true at your homes, have you noticed your kids being happier with the current situation of not having to get up and go to school and and not having necessarily the social pressures of normal life, just living inside the same four walls all the time? Yeah, like he doesn't, he doesn't seem as sad about it as you would think. Yeah. Um, he just kind of, he's like, he gets to sleep in, he gets to stay up later. Once he gets his work done, he gets to kind of do whatever he wants to. So I don't think it's as, he, he doesn't act like it's as bad as I would think. I love that I had to go have serious talks the other morning. I was trying to get work done and I kept getting emails from two of my daughter's teachers about her missing work or something. So we had to have like, this is the first remote learning, uh, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> really yeah and it, and again and it's hard because it's like well sh- your teacher said that she sent you an invite for a you know video meeting and that you didn't join it and you know like my daughter's saying i never got it and i'm like i have no idea how to prove it right <laughs> like what do i you know it's not like hey you had a meeting you didn't show up in their office it's like why didn't you join in on her zoom and this- i will also say he was on like a group a little um group Skype or whatever with his friend FaceTiming with some of his friends and he was asking them about checking their emails and they were like I've never read one email since I've been since we've been <laughs> out nice and here I am every day on his butt to make sure he's reading his emails and they're like oh, I haven't even read an email 
you know what this is going to do? This is going to really change these kids. And I think younger kids even more than, than kids the age of ours who are around teenage. You know, mine's 12, Maddie, yours is 13, yours is 13. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to change the way these kids process everything moving forward because of the way it's changed their routine. They have so much more freedom throughout their day now. They, they're on a different sleep schedule. They don't have to move the same way through their day in and out of classes. Their social structure is completely different. Like you said, when they finish with their work, they have more free time. They have a lot more exposure to family time. It's, this is really when they have to go back to a normal schedule, I think they're going to be grown up in a lot of ways because of this stop down. This isn't like a summer vacation where you go out and raise hell and forget everything and party down. This is really like a, a, almost a boarding school at home kind of thing. Well, one thing so, that I think, like, my kid's been doing a long time ago, we decided to put her in a Montessori school. And, and not, without getting too far into the, the differences between one versus the other, that kind of style teaches them to kind of drive their own car and, and to really drive their own education kind of stuff. And I think that this really plays into that. And I think a lot of kids now are, are having to adapt. But I feel like, like I know, for instance, the boy, you know, that's not his jam, but he's hung in there, you know, and done just as well getting his work done and all that. You know, the other stuff for sure, I think is going to be a shock. But I think that's going to be an interesting thing is that it teaches them to drive their own schedule and yeah. to get their yeah. work done on their own and not have a teacher standing over them. Or a parent, because a lot of times we can't. Yeah. Um, and I think right. that's going to be a ben- like that's going to be a benefit for sure. Because most of them are like doling out. They're like, okay, here's your assignments for the next five days, and so the right. kids have to figure out on their own when yeah. to get things done, when to get them turned in, and whatever. But so, by the time if they go back to school on the normal schedule at the end of August, they will have been out of a school building for what four, five months. Five months. That's a long time. Imagine the smell in that locker. <laughs> What'd you forget? A sandwich. How many, uh, many cards of milk are hidden somewhere? Good news is they made them take everything out of their lockers when they, when uh, they shoot them whew. away. That's good news. Yeah, but did they? Did they really? I still, for real, I am dying to know what science experiment is on my desk because I swear I left a coffee mug with some coffee in it. I was At the busy. radio station? Yeah, I'm terrified of what, <laughs> if my desk has become alive and it's like pacing around and they're waiting for someone to open the door and let it out. It, it cannot be any worse than that old dude's coffee cup that he used to carry around that never, he yeah. never washed. So oh, I think you're okay. No, and then the bag of corn. Now it's making me miss the bag of corn again. <laughs> Listen, don't worry about it, man. When we get back to work and everything's back to normal, we'll get you a new bag of corn. I'll leave it sitting out in the sun for a while. Then I'll bring it in when it gets ripe and puffy. Don't worry. Thanks, mister. Hey, don't forget. (laughs) Share us and like us and link us and do all those things that you do with stuff like this. I don't know. And uh, remember, if you ever want to call and leave a message for us, if you have thoughts, Call the Simon line at 336-373-0987. That's going to do it for this week. I would love to hear any final thoughts to leave them with over there, Charlie. Stones. Always the stones. How about you, Beardy LaRue? I don't mind some freaked out Beatles, baby. 
Next week, we'll do it again. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.